Hi, and welcome to part two of the special edition of Pasha. My name is Ines Kwasana. And I'm Nodobe Gumchaili. Thanks for joining us. The call to pray in Islam has come under the spotlight in South Africa. This is after a resident complained about it and took the case to court in Durban. In the previous episode, we looked at the legalities of the call to prayer. Today, we discuss the importance of the call to prayer in Islam. Suleiman Esop Dangor is a professor at the School of Religion, Philosophy and Classics at the University of KwaZulu-Natal in South Africa. He is here to tell us more about the call to prayer. He starts by explaining how it was established during the time of the final prophets in Islam. This was established in the time of the prophet of Islam. The Jews used to use what's called a shofar. It was a ram's head to call the congregants to the prayer to the synagogue. The Christians were using the bell and the Muslims were now considering also having some way to call people to prayer in the mosque. Two companions of the prophets dreamt of the words announced in the call to prayer. They relayed this to the prophets and he gave them the go-ahead for it to be the call to prayer. So that's how it became established as a call to prayer, the Adhan. And uh, since then it has become virtually part of the congregation prayer. So every time the Muslims gather for prayer, this is the morning before sunrise, the afternoon, the late afternoon, the evening after sunset, and then the late night prayer. Before each prayer, the call, that is the Adhan, is then called out and then people are then informed or they know that it, the time of prayer has come and they proceed to the mosque. Why is it called out loudly? Can't it be texted to people telling them it's prayer time? As remember, in the early days, there were no microphones. There was no uh, system in which people could hear the Adhan far and wide, the call to prayer. So it was natural that they would give it just maybe at the door or inside the mosque itself. And then, of course, there were not too many Muslims at the time. Those were just staying around the mosque. But now the number of Muslims increase. They're living distant from the mosque. And uh, when the amplifier was then invented, people started using that. So, but up to about the 1930s, even in South Africa, they were not using it. They were not using microphones and loudspeakers. They used to climb up the minaret and give the adhan from there, the call to prayer. But after the 1940s onward, they began to use the microphones and the loudspeakers. Professor Dangor went on to explain that Muslims have moved from their areas into formerly white suburbs. In some cases, they have established mosques, but in some areas, there aren't any, so they can't hear the call to prayer. In this case, many have receivers in their homes, which play out the call to prayer from some mosques. Many also use texting to inform people. But the call to prayer is established all over the world, and despite the many forms of technology, it will be sounded out loudly. Overall, what is its history and importance in the religion? The Adhan call to prayer is not a requirement for the validity of the prayer itself. And so, but it was introduced to attract people. So when they hear the Adhan, the call to prayer, you know, it says, call, come to prayer, come to success. And so when people hear uh, this call, especially those living in the vicinity of the mosque, 
they then abandon whatever they're doing. And many of the mosques are located, uh, say in Muslim countries, uh, inside the bazaar, in the main, say, CBD area, as we say now. And so people close their shops and proceed to the mosque for the prayer. That is usually at lunchtime. And so it is um, something which they have been accustomed to. And many people wait actually for the call. Sometime in the hustle and bustle of the day, they forget what time it is. They are busy with their sales or whatever work they are doing in offices. But the moment they hear the call to prayer, they don't realize. And you usually have 15 minutes before the congregation gets up, except with the sunset prayer when it's immediately after the Adhan. But otherwise, we have about 15 minutes so people can go to the mosque and perform the ablution, which has been performed before the prayer. Do you think the call to prayer infringes on non-Muslim rights? How do you balance the freedom of religion and infringing on people's rights? No, not at all. It does not infringe on anybody's rights. Uh, because the Constitution guarantees freedom of religion. All religions, all faiths are free to practice their faith as they see fit. And uh, we hear the churches on Sundays, they ring the bells. And I think where you have a synagogue, you might hear the shofar on certain occasions. So people of all faiths have a right to use these methods of calling people to prayer. So. Anyone who does that actually is just working, uh, operating within the rights given by the Constitution. Except in the case of the call to prayer, the Adhan, because the early morning prayer is before sunrise, and we realize that especially in summer, it's very, very early. And so you could actually disturb the neighbors. You might awaken them from their sleep and so on. So in many mosques today, we find that the early morning prayer is not preceded by a call over the microphone. It's not uh, audible except immediately in the vicinity of the mosque itself. Professor Dango discussed how in certain areas there have been complaints against the call to prayer. There have been complaints in different parts of South Africa, such as in Durban and Cape Town. Professor Dango believes that in former white areas, these complaints are most likely because people are not used to this type of thing. They are only used to church bells, for example. There have also been incidents of objections to mosques being built. Many of these were overcome and people have become accustomed to the call to prayer. Could it be argued that there's Islamophobia in South Africa, as this is not the first time this issue has come up? No, I don't think we have a serious case of Islamophobia in South Africa. The different faith communities have always lived in harmony. There's hardly been an incident of clash between people of different faiths. So they've been living in fairly in harmony. Now and again, you might find somebody on the radio making Islamophobic statements, or maybe somebody in the newspaper and so on. But the South African government is very religion friendly. They recognize the role of religions in the fight against apartheid, and therefore they have guaranteed all faith communities the right to practice their faith so from the government side, really, we don't find any problem whatsoever. So you may have a problem from some of the citizens. Uh, the majority of them really um, are quite accommodated, but you find a few individuals within the different faith communities from time to time uh, might say something on the radio or might write a letter to the press. But I don't think uh, currently it's a major issue in South Africa. 
Thanks for tuning into this two-part series on the call to prayer, produced by Ozea Patel. From me, Inas Kosana. And from me, Ndobe Gumjali. It's bye for now.